Welcome to Art of the Score, the podcast that explores, demystifies and celebrates some of the greatest soundtracks of all time from the world of film, TV and video games. I'm Andrew Poxon, and in each episode we'll be joined by Daniel Golding and Nicholas Buck as we check out a soundtrack we love, break down its main themes, explore what makes the score tick and hopefully impart our love of the world of soundtracks. In episode 28, we make the jump back into The Empire Strikes Back with part two and a look at some of the remaining key themes that we didn't get to in part one and also a dive into the lesser known motifs along with our favourite William set pieces. And joining me in his little Corellian freighter, you know, the one, the affordable model from last season, it's composer, arranger, orchestrator, conductor, and scruffy looking nerf herder. It's Nicholas Buck. Who are you calling orchestrator? <laughs> Um, no, look, I'm, I'm very excited to be back, guys. We have yet to touch on some of the greatest music that Williams has ever written, and we're, we're going to hit it in this episode. I can't wait. Absolutely. Mm. And having trained as a medical droid in his earlier years, later receiving his PhD from Bespin Tech. That's a good place. That's a good uni. Anyway. I flunked um, out of there. <laughs> it's a writer, critic, university lecturer, and man who is always thinking of themes that are thinking of characters who are thinking about stuff. It's Dan Golding. How are you doing, Dan? Uh, this deal is getting better all the time, I think, as, <laughs> as uh, you know, we get to dive even deeper into this fantastic score in this second part. Absolutely. Now, I feel, guys, uh, that we, we did a lot of nerding out in part mm. one. Mm. I feel like we need to keep it tight and bright. Yeah. In part two. Sure. Keep it right on the thing. No talk. Can, can do. Yeah. Be a 20 minute episode. <laughs> See you in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we of course went through the uh, two of the biggest main themes in part one with the Imperial March mm. and with uh, Yoda's theme. And of course, Nick, we have the other big theme, the big new theme in this film. And that of, of course is the theme of Han Leia and uh, Han Leia, Han Han Solo, and, and Leia. Princess Leia. Yeah, Han yeah. And this Princess. is this is the love theme of this film, and it's yeah. it's the emotional core. Like Vader's theme, it's it really gets a huge workout and is plastered all over this film. Look, you know, structurally, it's very similar to Princess Leia's theme in terms of. We've talked about the opening leap of a sixth. Um, we've talked about the harmony behind Princess Leia's theme. But before I actually play this little melody, I want to play something which was uh, written about 20 years earlier or 18 years earlier by uh, another famous film composer called Henry Mancini. And there's something you'll notice about this piece which sounds very familiar. Oh 
Anyway, beautiful. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the uh, recital hall. (laughs) So that was uh, Mantini's main theme from The Days of Wine and Roses, Mm. uh, written in 1962. And I got to look. I had actually never heard that piece until a few weeks ago, when actually a fan of ours, someone wrote to me um, or to us on our, I think it might have been Instagram account or an email. Yeah, right. And said, "Hey." Check out this piece. What do you think? I was like, mm. wow. That actually, especially the opening with a solo horn. I mean, that could, you know, lead straight into Williams. Sorry about my bad playing there. You know what I mean? Um, but, it, you know, it, it, it changes. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Uh, I love that our our listeners are bringing us yeah. content before we've yeah. even recorded the yeah. episodes. We should I'm set up for them it. to work researching our uh, upcoming ones, which are, by the way, no. Um, <laughs> you should have a thing. If someone tells us something and then we mm. feature on the podcast, they win a... Uh, well, they win uh, 10% of the money we are currently making <laughs> yeah. from the podcast. No, they win concerts to the next MSO's uh, what? live performance. No, yeah. Flights that's... not included. <laughs> you're writing checks your body can't cash. Next. Let's um, do Top Gun. Should we do Top Gun? No, anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I... I, I <laughs> we're already off track, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, uh, it's especially interesting because Williams was Mancini's pianist for a long time. Yeah. There we go. And Days of Wine and Roses is not exactly... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was Williams on the, on the keys. The Peter Gunn thing yeah. I think he played. Yeah. And yeah, Days, Days of Wine and Roses was not exactly an unknown Mancini one. Like I, I'm not particularly familiar with it. I don't think it's one that people look back on today, but at the time it was one of his bigger hits. Is a yeah. jazz so, classic. Yeah. Yeah. So not, I, I mean, you, actually, I mean, I, you know, I'd go as far as to say that you would assume that Williams knew the piece. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, it's obviously a romantic flavoured thing we have yeah. prominent characters and look going even further back I'm a violinist I, I grew up playing violin in symphony orchestras and one of the pieces I could never play was Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto and actually the main theme from that also has a very similar structure in the opening of its uh, of its main theme have a listen Nick, I'm uh, having worked at the with the orchestra. That you know, that concerto comes up maybe once a season, maybe maybe once every two seasons. I know it so well. I almost, you know, spat out my beverage <laughs> hearing that opening. Now I am only ever going to be able to hear Han and Leia's <laughs> theme when <laughs> when it's played. Yeah. The next Chike performance. Yeah, great. Yeah, mm. but look, let's um, uh, let's actually listen to what Williams uh, presents us with. This is the uh, I guess he dubs it Han Solo and the Princess.
It's a really beautiful theme. Um, and mm. you can really feel the DNA. It's almost like, it's just like the secondary of part B phrase of Princess Leia's theme in many ways. Mm. Um, it really is an evolution of that sound. And I mean, the key thing, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record because we had it in Marion's theme in Raiders, mm. in Princess Leia's theme. It really is that second chord of the phrase. So we've got... That's the one where all that romantic tension comes. Mm. You know, comparing it to like the Mancini track. You sort of how that one goes. And, you know, the Tchaikovsky, if I'm going to use a similar harmony. So, you know, you could do the same thing with different harmony, but it's not quite, it's yeah, not, yeah. Not, not quite the same when, um, when it doesn't have that... Ooh, you know that's that 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 minor chord on the on the fourth scale degree. Yeah, it's yeah. it's one of the great Star Wars themes. It is, and it's you know I think I said this in the Force Awakens episode. Like it's it's a through line straight to the original trilogy because it isn't used in the prequels uh, and it features heavily in the Force Awakens. And I think largely because of that, because it is that direct arrow straight back to the romance of the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, apart from anything, was used in one of the key trailers for The Force Awakens um, where, yeah. you know, and it's really that harmony, that that change where it's like, oh, yeah, there's the romance. There's the, the kind of amazing Star Wars feeling that I've been missing that I think yeah. is so nostalgic. Um, I think it's kind of nostalgic, even the original usage of it in a yeah, way. It is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and, and the third chord is really what differentiates it from Leia's theme. It's here. You know, and just taking those three chords... You know, there's there's enough growth in just mm. those three bits of harmony that even later in the film where Williams uses it under really kind of tense pedal notes where the bass doesn't change because the upper harmonies do, you still get that oh, that romantic feeling. Yeah. And those kind of clashes between the pedal and, and the chords, you know, make this film so dramatic in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, what really always fascinated me with John Williams' choice of a Han and Leia theme. That makes sense, mm. you know, because there is this, you know, love blossoming between them over the course of this this film. That still Han doesn't get a theme. Yeah. Now, he writes themes for so many things. Mm. Do you guys have know why he didn't feel the need to have a theme for Han, and well, that in I, fact Han's sort of tied up in this. I mean, I'm talking pre-solo, mm, by the way, but mm. you know, Han is is tied up within all of this. I mean, what, I what think he is tied up in this theme because, mm. and like, if only for the fact that the very, very, very first time we hear it in this film, it's when Luke is like riding through the snow, and then he talks to Han Solo on the comms, mm. and you hear Han's voice. Mm. Leia's not involved or anything, yeah. and and you hear this. I 
I've worked it out. Yep. It's for Han's romantic interests and he's interested in Luke. <laughs> in this, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, yeah, maybe, you know, he's one half of the love of the love. Well, I mean, that's quite yeah. obvious. I mean, I, I wondered, I couldn't find the link here, but I wondered whether the, the eventually the, the theme that John Williams wrote for Han Solo, for the film Solo, whether there were elements of it contained within the Han and the Princess Q, mm. um, because obviously the Princess Leia DNA is all over it. Um, uh, but I, it, it isn't really. Um, no, he hasn't no. gone in there and sort of taken elements out and and then constructed a, a Han theme that then makes it all make sense in in reverse. Mm. Um, but still, I mean, it's quite obvious that for whatever reason he didn't feel that that Han was really complete or mm. you know without mm. this sort of association. I, mm. I just think it's a for a guy who who did so much to. Mm. You know, put themes for almost every character in this film. Even much smaller characters. Yeah, get much themes smaller. Yeah, in both the first film and this film. Um, that, Interesting. You know, I just I find it fascinating to theorize why he watched this picture and didn't feel that he could write the theme for Han. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chewie doesn't get one either. Well, that's true. Um, yeah. yeah, I bet. I so mean, they look, both get really done in. Don't they, they get shafted. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's not like oh. This theme is just anytime those two characters, because Leia still has her own yeah. independent. Yeah, theme. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it's true. Look, I do buy that it is to some extent. At least it is more Han's theme than Leia's. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, but it is still probably ultimately Han and yes. Leia. Mm. But yeah, I mean, just before we move on, I, I'd like to pick apart the melody a little bit because I think the other thing that's worth remarking on is that it's very different from the Tchaikovsky, or you know, um, is that. It does, again, that thing that John Williams does so well, which is why I think it's one of the reasons why his melodies feel so inevitable, like every note in, is in its perfect position, is that it's structured around a, a single phrase that develops in a number of different directions and answers. So it's like da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and then yeah, da, da, it's, all, it's almost da, identical. Da, da. Yeah, exactly. Same as like you know, like da 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 da. Yeah, and it's like you know, repeating a same idea and tweaking it every single time it emerges as an answer to the previous iteration of it. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I just think you know that's one of the things that really sets this melody apart from the other examples that you play, but also makes it so inherently just Williams. That's the way he does. Things, music, yeah. yeah. Well, look, let's hear the very first full statement of this theme. Um, and this is where Han and Leia have that argument. It's really interesting because, like, they're just at each other's throats. Yet the music is is saying something completely different. It's really hinting at a at a romance, which which we kind of feel will will inevitably come, even though they're just yeah hurling insults at each other. Yeah, 
the music is telling us <laughs> very much something else yeah. than the dialogue. It, I mean, it's a wonderful sort of counterpoint. You could use a good... Is it kiss or kick? Yeah, kiss. You could kiss. use a good kiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it, it turns that scene um, from bickering into ultimately flirting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, you know, being at primary school and like teasing the girl you like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I hate you. Yeah, no, it's no, very... No, you don't. Um, I mean, it would be would be interesting to know whether that scene would work the same way if you remove the music. I mean, is is their performances yeah. flirting, or is it just purely being achieved through the? Well, I mean, Han music? is being pretty upfront. He's saying, you know, like if you go back to the dialogue, there it is, like you know, um, you know, I'm gonna go, and she's like, you don't go, and he's like, well, you know, but like you want me to stay. You've got to admit that you want me to stay, not <laughs> not the not the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. he's not really yeah, right. dancing around the you're issue. Right, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But Leia Le is a bit more coy, I suppose. Yeah. Um, this theme is very malleable, and Williams really uh, uses it quite a lot in action scenes where things are, are happening in and around this this fairly broad broad faced and kind of romantic melody. And there's a great scene where after the whole Hoth battle sequence, they escape in the Millennium Falcon, and you really feel the theme because of its slightly romantic and tortured nature, really works well to, to build tension and when it finally releases is a um, beautiful moment. really feel it it sort of releases towards the end ah everything's yeah, yeah. gonna be okay yeah uh do you think that maybe i'm just thinking about this do you mm. think that the falcon is also involved in this because mm. there are lots of times when they are escaping the falcon i realize princess leia is with them and han mm. is with them obviously but often we're looking at the falcon and it's sort of like his other Love, I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it's also like an extension of him. So yeah, often, like you know, yeah. later on Cloud City when they're escaping in the Falcon, yeah, Han's obviously frozen in carbonite. Yes, um, you know, it's only Leia and the and the the ship. So like the ship's all she's got left of him. Yeah, the yeah. last remaining piece of him. But you're right, that yeah. that love affair with the ship is and also and of course in the trailers for or teaser trailer for um, Episode Seven, mm. they use this theme, mm. and I think absolutely to achieve what you were talking about, Dan, which is this is the theme that. That was from the originals that wasn't used in the prequels. Mm. You haven't heard it for years and years and years and years. Mm. And yes, this is going to be an older film. But it's during the scenes when the Falcon is True. is, is yeah, yeah. flying away from the Tie Fighters yeah. um, over what's the, that? Desert. Jakku. Yeah, definitely not Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, uh, maybe maybe yeah, it's sort of a, well, I mean, a secondary or yeah. a, a you know sort of a falcon, but maybe yeah. uh, maybe actually what it is is like you said, 
uh, Nick, and once again, I'm not going to bring Solo into it because they sort of try to explain it, but mm. uh, that Han and the Falcon are sort of the same thing, mm. sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, mm. yeah, it's nice. Yep. Um, a really fantastic thing John Williams does time and time again in many films um, is his, I guess, interrupted love scenes, you know, where <laughs> something will be brewing between a couple and then... Uh, you know, either someone will walk in or someone will fall asleep, <laughs> um, and they're, they're kind of like all the momentum gets lost. And I'm I'm trying to think of earlier film music examples. Like this feels like something that would happen in like the 1930s. You know, where sort of mm. you know dashing Robin Hood would come in and try and make a move on the lady, and then the king comes in. Ooh, you know, and the musical winds down. Mm. It's the kind of stuff you see in films like Shrek and those mm. animations where they really ham up, yeah. um, you know, interrupted moments. Mm. So I thought it'd be a, a, a fun thing to just play a, a couple of tracks here. One from The Empire Strikes Back when Han and Leia almost have that kiss on the plane um, and just compare how it builds and then kind of like deflates. Um, we get a similar thing in Raiders of the Lost Ark with that little passion scene. And also uh, identical thing actually happens in the worst film ever made with the best score ever written, Cutthroat Island, my guilty pleasure, <laughs> where again the couple embrace, have a kiss, the music swells and then the chick realises one of them has fallen asleep. <laughs> so here we go. There's three examples I'll kind of all run into each other and you'll, you'll hear this section I'll call Coitus Interruptus. C-3PO walks in. Now for Raiders. And India's fallen asleep. and then Cutthroat Island. And again, the male has fallen asleep. I didn't realise that was like such a cliche. The yeah. dude falls asleep. <laughs> what like, is with these uh, men? <laughs> well, I I think actually I was thinking as as you were running through the logic of that that it that actually you're less likely to find it in golden age Hollywood than these sort of the you know the the film generation film school generation that that sort of emulated them because what it is is it's kind of a, an acknowledgement of irony it's like like the golden age would have done it actually done the proper kiss yeah yeah but like now we're transforming exactly it, so, in yeah. a more postmodern era we can't really have such a bare straight romance un unironic yep. emotion yep. and so we've got to do something with it got to interrupt it got to play with it a little bit got to say sort of wink to the audience and say hey look you know actually we're a bit self-aware mm. and I yeah think that's, that's, a, what that's, these scenes are doing. that's the perfect reading of it dan mm. absolutely 
Similar scene in uh, Force Awakens as well, when Leia and Han are first reunited. Oh, okay. A bit of love, and then C-3PO shows up. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah you and probably didn't recognize me with my red arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he literally, like, leans yeah, into the it, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always wrecking everything yeah. <laughs> Anyway um, There's a wonderful performance of this theme On the cellos And they're like quite low rich fruity cellos Which actually is quite a rarity in this film We often get the, the melody on horns or, or fairly high strings But here it's uh, you know a conversation scene On, on Bespin Between Leia and Han Where they're talking about Lando But it's, yeah, it, it's, it's more soulful Nick, is it in the first Star Wars or is it in The Force Awakens? I know that sounds ridiculous. Where it had like the same sort of cue where the oboe takes over the melody and then asks the question at the end. Uh, I, think, I was thinking back then, well, it can't be the first Star Wars because yeah. this theme wasn't written. Oh, then. you're yeah. right, you're right. It must be <laughs> Force Awakens. I, I actually remember yeah. us discussing almost, almost had like the exact same cue just yeah. re- redone. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, where it really lingers on that oboe after yeah. being played in the cello. So maybe The Force Awakens was like a a direct kind of reimagining of this particular I think it is I mean hearing that now I'm like wait a minute I know that really well why is that yeah okay it's it's in The Force Awakens yeah Yeah. Hmm. interesting one of the probably second most famous line in this in this film is the famous I love you I know Hmm. bit between Han and Leia and this is just before Han is about to go into the carbon freeze so again one of these cases where Williams is totally playing um, against, I guess, the danger or kind of, you know, he's about to be frozen and, and could possibly be killed. Yet he's just playing the romance between them and it's a really impassioned performance of, of this theme that just builds and builds. Is such a good cue. It's one of the film's <laughs> best. One of the best. Yeah. yeah. And look, so you can really feel throughout the film this this theme is transforming. It's getting more and more tense. And probably no greater example than another of one of my favorite bits where Lando and Chewie and Leia are kind of running and they're trying to to kind of stop Boba Fett's ship flying away. Slave one. Slave what one. What's it called? Slave, Slave one. one. Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. You guys are full of useless Star Wars knowledge. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I believe I have a Kenner branded Slave One somewhere Whoa, in my parents' garage. Kenner. Yeah. Look at you. 
<clears throat> anyway, I don't even know Mad what that is. I mean, is that a brand? It's a toy. It's it the a, brand of toy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, terrible. Dan's idea. legit. Um, but yeah, here, here, the love theme is just really tense and emotional, and it's it's just yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. The, the whole score, but particularly that moment, makes such good use of pedal, you know, doesn't it to, to create tension? I mean, I, how long does that note play before it changes to release there? And of course, Nick, um, to explain to listeners what Sorry. a pedal means. So uh, if I play these chords, all right, but I keep one solid note the whole way under those chords in my left hand. can really feel it creates this kind of sense of drama no matter where I kind of play the bottom chords there's like you know there's there's brass moving up top but the bottom is like it's like someone like holding you down it's yeah, like it's wanting an to reach up and be heroic but you're just being anchored mm. down below by and it's, one it's note built in tension mm. to, yeah you know. as opposed to this if I follow the, the chords with the bass line you get this Quite a different sound from. You know? Yeah. It's, it's really, really fantastic technique. And when yeah. it's spread out and orchestrated in a delicious way with the orchestra, it's, um, yeah, always sends shivers down my spine. So but now that we've learnt that, that term, the pedal, hmm. I want you all to use it <laughs> in day to day life and say, hey, <laughs> nice pedal. Yeah. I sort of wonder, I mean, I don't know where the term comes from. I mean, maybe when I hold down. The, the physical pedal yeah. on the piano, like you know, a note holds forever. My hands are off the keyboard. It's just with my foot down. So maybe it's from that kind of yeah. that idea of yeah. maybe, but particularly the way that that works in the the melody. I mean, he's able to hold that note for some time before it is really required to change. Yep. You know, according to the harmony of Han Solo and the princess. Yep. Mm. yep. And that's that's where all the tension comes from. So look, yeah, it's such a such a great theme. Look, there are plenty of other uses, but um, I thought maybe it'd be a really interesting way to to end our discussion on Han and Leia's love theme with a, sort of a rare oddity that cropped up in 2018, which was that John Williams actually composed a brand new concert arrangement of this melody, and it's quite different and it has a few interesting harmonic changes and developments but I thought I'd, I'd play it the last minute and a half of it just to hear what's the same and what's different and maybe at the end we can discuss um, why he did this and why he's changed it the way he has.
Hmm. Wow. So different. I, I've got a theory, but I want to hear no, you. No, please. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I don't really have any explanation except it's interesting to track I, how I mean, change in mood and style. I feel he resolves it. Mm. He resolves yeah. their, their story. I mean, I, I now hearing that, I, and I had heard it before, but not listening as intently as I am now, but it, I would have loved that piece in that, for, you know, in that, that way to have been played in The Force Awakens mm-hmm. because I feel like it resolves their, the tension of their melody. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Look, here's what I think. I think it's exactly what would have been great mm. and I wonder if maybe Carrie Fisher's death in real life, which happened after Williams had scored the film, mm. he's now in a world where Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher who were part of the original thing are no longer part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You know, Harrison Ford's character died in real life. Yeah. Sorry, who died in the film. Mm. Um, Carrie Fisher passed away in real life. So maybe this is William's just little bit of closure, had some time on his hands yeah. um, between projects and maybe just wrote it. I mean, the fact that he decided to do a new concert arrangement of that piece in 2018 yeah. means that he had something to say. Mm. And therefore, I, th- I think it's difficult mm. to imagine that it is not something like that. I heard a rumour mm. that he wrote the whole concert suite, which is about six minutes long, as a kind of an end credit suite for The Last Jedi. Right. So sure. you know, maybe have a Star Wars thing and it would just the whole thing would play out with with that piece of music. That's mm. amazing. Um, and, that not- and it was like vetoed by you know Disney and all that. Sure. No, no, let's give us the normal end credits. Because yeah. remember, he did that, have that tiny little bit of... Yeah. You know, for like four or five seconds in mm. the Last mm. Jedi end credits mm. as a little homage, you know, when, you know, in memory of our princess comes up. Yep. I wonder if that, yeah, was true. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But, he, I mean, you can hear his style of, I mean, it's so interesting to hear him revisit this because it sounds to me like John Williams of the 2010s or at least the 2000s writing that as opposed to the John Williams of, of 1980. I mean, that little flute part at the end is reminiscent of I, I think I hear some Schindler's, Schindler's List and yeah. stuff and oh, Munich yeah yeah, yeah. that fast yeah. passage with the lots of incidentals that mm. yeah yeah it's so interesting yeah. and like the melody that he, he does like just so we can point out how he changes it so rather than going up to that next chord Where it used to go, which has oh, it's a different direction. Yeah, it just kind of lingers on these two chords, and it just goes back yeah. down. So it's it almost just, like reducing it back to a simplistic. Totally. Thing. I mean, it it, it mm. doesn't ask any more questions. the the melody The mm. melody is constantly asking questions in the other one. It's mm. it's in original, leading yeah. in the original. It's it's leading places. It yeah. it gives a little bit of an answer. Sure. Um, it returns back to the start, but. You know, it it's still the whole time. It's like tension release, tension mm. release. This there's almost no tension anymore, yep. um, and it just resolves each time to give a finality to everything. Mm. I, it's it's so I find the thought process of that yeah. very interesting. Yeah, no, I'm sold on that interpretation. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, mm. I know it's not part of this film, but it's an interesting, mm. yeah, sense of closure for for where the theme. From where, from whence it began, and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, from that we move 
to this bit of music for a nasty character in this film. Gee, it sounds like a, the music you'd give to a character from New Zealand, wouldn't it? Isn't it? It's just nasty. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Wow. <laughs> this is not a diss on our brethren across the, across the ocean. Uh, love is our this because they, um, the they redid the voice of Boba Fett yeah. to yeah. Tamura Morrison? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, in the special yeah. edition? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we are, of course, talking about Boba Fett, who gets this. Um, not really a theme, just a kind of dark, deep motif on mm. low bassoons, Dan's yeah. favourite instrument. Oh, One of his yeah. Dan's favourite yeah. instruments. Of Absolutely. this century though, Nick. Yeah. Last century, <laughs> yeah. he liked other things. <laughs> and it's, look, it's really simple. It's just low minor thirds. You know, so on and so forth. Mm. It's, yeah. And so so muddy and indistinct. Um, mm. It's it's about the least bright music in, in all of Star Wars, mm. really. Yeah. And I think it's quite easy to miss in the film because yeah. it is so low and... Yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it's proper one-dimensional henchman stuff. Yeah. Well, that's what Boba Fett is. Yeah, it totally really. is. Yeah, totally I mean, is. it's a huge imagined... Sort of, sort of character for him for from fans. But yeah. really in the films, like he's just, you know, he has... No, I, have, I have never understood hmm. how Boba Fett, and you know, don't write in. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never understood how Boba Fett became so big. Yeah, I never understood it. He stands around, hmm. and then he he falls into a sarlacc pit. Hmm. I. I mean, is it just that the, the character design is just so cool? Like he just yes. looks cool. Is, he really yeah. has that like yeah. he just found a suit in a garbage bin. Yeah. Mm. His, his looks like the most kind of homemade. Yeah. I yeah. Found. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like yeah. the fish guy in Return of the Jedi. I did a trap. I had figurines of... I had figurines as a kid. I tell you, I had the three figurines I had. He's not a fish guy. He's a Mon Calamari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell my story of Charles, please? No, you've just got to get the respect there first and then you can tell <laughs> you can't dish it up until you yeah. bow at the altar. <laughs> yeah, okay, yep. All right, so I had Trash Can Boba Fett as yep. a figurine. I had Slughead, what's his name? Um, <laughs> Admiral Akbar. Yep. And I had that little fat tubby bald guy who owns the, 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 the creature in the pit. Yeah. In uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, who yeah. cries. Uh, I did know his name once. Yeah. Um, it no, was. I uh, his name. Yeah, we're not talking the Sarlacc. The, pit, the, the Rancor Keeper. Yeah, the Rancor Keeper yeah. guy. They're I the three figurines name. I had. I don't know why. That's amazing. I didn't Those have the, the main characters. Ones. Maybe they were the mm. cheap ones left. Maybe on the, the ones that were left. Yeah. On, on, <laughs> after everyone had bought yeah. Luke and on the, Han. On the shelves yeah. of yeah. Toys R Us or something. Anyway, after Han and Leia. Um, there's a great sequence where they stick the Falcon to the side of the Star Destroyer and then float away with the trash. Yes. And so we get a, a yeah, an interesting performance of the Hein and Leia love theme, but as soon as one of the trash pieces lights up with a... Um, bur- um, what would what what you call the back of the spaceship that, that a, propels them? A, a burner? Yeah, like, like a, the burner. A, 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 yeah, a, we, we realise that one of the pieces of trash is Boba Fett. So it goes from the love theme into this... Quite, quite singular idea. 
It's a hard cut, isn't it? You yeah, go from really this is, lushness yeah. to just... Yeah. yeah. And isn't that a weird presentation of the love theme? It's not... It's sort of very neutral. Mm. It's sort of... It's not romantic, really. And it's not overly sad or like depressive. It's just... Yeah, it's... It's in, another it's one of those scenes where we're just looking at the falcon again, though. Mm. Yep. But yeah. I think as well, though, uh, you know, and like the playing of the love theme on the cello that we heard earlier... It's sort of it's reached a different stage of Han and Leia's relationship, and that they've admitted that they're kind of into each other, and you know, like yep. that the 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 childish fighting has you waned know, sort a bit. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's sort of kind of a respect, and in that scene in particular, it's one of Han's better moments in the film because mm. he's sort of like, "Hey, I did this pretty clever thing of escaping this entire Imperial battalion of of star destroyers." Um, and you know, Leia's kind of like you know, nice work. Yeah, yeah. So, and look, so. this this scene is before they have that bit on the cello when they're yeah. a bit more romantic in Bespin. So maybe yeah. this is a link between. Yeah. She actually, he might be all right. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, exactly. coloring that slightly neutral. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it will get kind of more romantic. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, after Lando betrays Han and 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 they discover that Vader is in fact on planet Bespin, we realize that actually it was Boba Fett who had tracked them and 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 tipped them off. So here's a uh, here's a little scene where Vader shows up, and again, slinking off in the corner, is Boba Fett with his uh, homemade suit. Can we say Boba Fett's melody is on bassoons and bass drum? Yeah, because it's always... Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's like punctuation. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. Now, of course, Hmm. there are some other motifs and I was genuinely surprised to learn this at the time when I did because it never really occurred to me and... Had anybody ever asked me, was there a melody for the droids? I would have said no, no melody for the droids. <laughs> uh, they don't get one, just like Han. And it turns out, Nick, there is mm. a melody for the droids. Yeah, it's mm. um, and it appears quite a lot. Quite, quite, yeah, at least four or five times yeah. in the film. Mm. And it's I always thought maybe it was for R2-D2. Um, but no, we get it in times when they are separated later in the film, R2's by himself, C-3PO's by himself, and we still hear this same melody. So when they're very uh, introduced at the start of the film, we hear it right here. Williams loves playing with with subtle quirkinesses, if that's even a word, mm-hmm. in um, in his harmonies. So we got the horns right. It's not the stock chord. It has a bit of a, you know, there's a couple of weird notes in there. Sometimes it's even. And in the melody, that B flat there, mm. if I play yeah. them really close, 
you know, it's mm. like it's kind of right, but it's not quite right at the same mm. time. And that really is the language of much of all his Star Wars music. It's always just adding an extra note here and there, just to sort of make it slightly, you know, space weird. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's always little quirks, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's the quirky duo. You know, they're they're a yeah. quirky little couple. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's not the, the same, but I think about the music for the. Um, I kept keep on wanting to say sand people, but that's not what it is. For Jawas. the Jawas mm. in the in the first film, it's sort mm. of like little people music. Yeah, and mm. it's using those tension notes, those notes that don't yep. belong. Like you, you pointed yeah. out the B flat, um, that you're sort of hitting these notes that don't belong, and then you you jump onto something else and. Yeah, true. I think we'll probably have something to say about that if we were to possibly ever get to Return of the Jedi with the Ewok music as well. Really? Yeah, well... Yeah. I'm pretty yep. confident da, 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 that... Da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm pretty confident we'll get to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And the same... Yeah. Blum, well, look, I blum, just didn't want to, you know, give yeah. it away. Yeah. Um, we hear uh, this droid thing in the Hoth battle sequence as well. Just, yeah, sort of over the top there. Mm. Yeah, It's just one of those little things that isn't a, a huge standout for the school but really gives it flavour. Like I would miss it if it wasn't there, right? You know, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Mm. And a really interesting, probably the biggest, I guess, inverted commas, development of it we get when um, R2-D2 uh, has that little ordeal with the swamp creature in Dagobah. You know, Luke kind of crashes in, uh, in the swamp. And does R2... F- Fall in? Is uh, that what happens? Yeah, he yeah he tries to walk down the X wing and then falls off. Falls in, yeah. You know, then his little his little um, periscope, periscope thing yeah. comes in. We see the creature. So there's a bit of angst, uh, you know, in in and around that. Sometimes playful, sometimes a bit kind of tense when the creature comes along. I hope George Lucas got that creature removed before he went back to using his pool. But um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you can hear kind of the almost like musical onomatopoeia in there because it's like the dun dun is almost like laughing, like the chortling, the old school Hollywood, like ha ha. Ha, ha. Yeah, sort of I mean th- these these are definitely characters that you shouldn't be taking too seriously mm, mm. the entire time. Mm. And even though C three PO, I mean it, this is obviously you know just with the way that he's presented and, and speaks, but C three PO is sort of a serious character in that he takes mm. himself seriously. <laughs> the music and of course his actions, but the music mm. definitely reiterates: no, this is not someone to be mm. taken seriously mm. uh, the entire time. But that's definitely a development that particular yeah. Dagobah one. I mean, it's not yeah. just here's the melody as you heard it earlier on in Hoth it's it's actually no we're going to sort of mess around a bit with mm. the way the shape works and yeah. it's not exactly the same melody and that's how I feel about this melody the the individual notes don't matter as long as it has a yeah yeah that rough shape is yeah, sort of, yeah and therefore throughout that entire thing he gets away with changing the the melody all over the place really mm. by just keeping the shape 
And then the shape is what is making that melody sort of successful in the end. Yeah, mm. interesting. So, yeah. And just one other place, um, and I want to play this cue because I think it's the only spot in the film where we get a solo woodwind, like just nothing else but a solo oboe. It's the most introspective moment in the film. And this is where Chewie is sitting all by himself in his little prison cell on Bespin with like a kind of tangled, mangled version of C-3PO with his, you know, his head separately or his body's all being disembodied. So um, as he's about to put C-3PO together, we hear the, the droid motif again. Does it return in Jedi? I don't think it does. Mm. I've conducted this a couple of times in concert, like the Return of the Jedi, and I don't remember hearing it. Mm. Maybe uh, and this some, is one for the listeners to get yeah, back to us. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll and there's quite a lot of solo yeah. droid film work yeah. in that. You know, yeah, at the yeah, start yeah. when they go to the little. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe it does briefly. I don't know, but um, I off the top of my head, but it's a it's a pity in a way because I quite like it. It seems to sum up the droids pretty well. I'm pretty confident this is why it never occurred to me that there was a theme for them, Mm. even though it happens quite a few times throughout the film, because it's not stated again and again in other films. Mm. I at least I don't think it is. And once again. You know, get back to us if if you know where it is. Um, we will certainly <laughs> work it out when we when we get to uh, Return of the Jedi in the future. But get back to us if. Um, I mean, does it does it show that repetition of a certain nature needs to happen for something to be memorable? Like, are, are there yeah, are there maybe. things in films that only happen once that people are like? Yeah, I remember that. I I mean, I I just think that it's an effective melody. It's just not a memorable one. I mean, I you know because. There are plenty of singular times, and in fact, we're going to get to some of them later on in 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 the episode. You know, singular times that melodies happen, and then uh, they're never played again. Yeah. Um. And I could hum them all. You know. That's that's true. <laughs> right? Well, that was my question. So, so yeah, I think it's just that it's it's, it's, a, it's a weird yeah. So, and yeah. I think because it's it's less a melody and more a shape and more an idea, which yeah. is why we call it a motif and not necessarily a theme. theme. So, so yeah. I mean, not to preclude our wonderful readers, which I'm sure would send us all sorts of interesting information. Readers. Readers, readers, listeners, look at you! How traditional no, you they are. They read the show notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that you lovingly do and slave yeah. over. Uh, it doesn't slave one over. So, so looking at looking at Frank Lehman's, who's a musicologist who has assembled a magnificent full document of oh yeah, this is the great catalog of Star Wars motifs and their occurrences. Um, it doesn't reappear, but it right. does. But it does apparently, according to this document, it does occur in Solo. Right. 
Oh, okay. Which sort of makes sense. I mean, I find Solo has all sorts of clever little music yeah. stuff. I mean, I was sort of expecting that level of Easter egg in Giacchino's mm. Um, mm. Uh, Rogue One. Mm. Maybe he it was the fact that he only had 24 hours to mm. write the score that, <laughs> that precluded yeah. that. And in fact, there are little Easter eggs. But, mm. I, 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 you know, Powell really went to town on, mm. on you know, mining the originals and, and sort of... You know, yeah. dropping in little things here and there. So I, I yeah. actually have the cue where it appears. I don't know if we want to. Should we? Should we yeah, live see what, what yeah, it see what it sounds like? Let, this is new musical information to all of us. Let's yeah. let's see. There you oh, go. I can see it there. Really like yeah. it's almost like a an action rhythm down the yeah. bottom. Yeah, yeah. How cool! What a dude! I yeah. love that guy. <laughs> I, I think Solo is a fantastic score, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's from the Marauders arrived. Okay. Cube. So that's the big uh, yeah. battle over the train. Yep. It's droids that are hip to the groove. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> love it. Let's get on to some other motifs. Now, there's a thing which I guess we'll call the hyperspace motif, and this is a really just a driving figure that really propels the whole final section of the film and it's this kind of low that we just get on like sort of piano and basses and cellos and often with this really kind of um, strident horn and brass trumpet fanfare so I'll, I'll play the bit I'm talking about You know, and it just goes on and on and on. It really propels that whole section. Mm. Um, and it's really, really effective, especially those. It's such Williams. Bum, ba, bum, on those yeah. really kind of yeah. flamboyant runs. Yeah. yeah. You know, just like spaceships whizzing past and stuff. It's mm. really punchy. Yeah. Do you get it? Uh, Punch it. Oh, uh, yeah. Hyperspace. Ooh. It's getting late. Do you no. get it? Do you get it, guys? Yeah, I, do. I, do. I do. I do. No, cut that bit out, Nick. It didn't work. It didn't work. Cut that bit out. That's right. <laughs> but look, you know, I really love this motif. And what's interesting is that it gets tracked. And by tracked, I mean placed in a spot that it wasn't originally intended for much earlier in the film during the rescue scene where Luke and Han have been sort of, you know, I think they've been stuck overnight in the snow and the speeders come out looking for them. They've been um, sleeping inside the uh, tauntaun. Oh, the tauntaun, yeah. Mm. They smell awful apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, and they just lay in this bit of music, bum, 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 during the search. But again, it's not what Williams originally wrote for the scene. Um, what he originally wrote was this. <laughs> Thank you. 
Why do you think that they did that? I don't know. I mean, I really like that cue. I think it has a more organic kind of build. It yeah. starts a bit unsure and then you know, there's a bit of, oh, they, we, I think we found them. It gets a bit heroic. It's, it's much more unsure yeah. at the end of the day. It's, it's not... Whereas the dun, 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 mm. I mean, I yeah, that's I, more determined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do th- when I think about that scene, it does seem more action packed mm. because of the music, mm. um, and really they just fly very slowly over a mountain. They see Han on the ground. He waves them down. Mm. They sort of loop around and pick him up. Mm. But that music, you know, like it's very like this is mm. a big mission we're about to go mm. on here. I think because it's written for the end of the scene where yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, they're like Falcon versus Star Destroyers. So that's why but it confuses me that they've felt the need to do But they're, they're not flying slowly though. Well, they're, that's true. I mean, I remember distinctly as a kid watching that scene and going, wow, they're flying so fast, kind of like I, I hope there'll be a video game in my lifetime that'll give me that <laughs> same, same sense of speed, of which there are many yes. now. But, yep. you know, yeah. when I was eight, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, look, the, 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 the tying thread is that they both have this low kind of ostinato kind of mm. pattern going in. And that is a real actual theme of this film. And we get many action sequences where... They're all unique. They have unique melodies on top, but down low, and by low I mean in the lower registers of the orchestra, we get often cellos, double basses, and piano just doing various kinds of ostinatos. So whether it's this figure or kind of this figure, there's many kind of permutations of them. And one of the greatest is when they escape from the the space slug where they think they're in a cave but they're in the mouth mm. of the slug and it's tell me if the end of this doesn't remind you of the um, the boulder chase from Raiders of the Lost Ark ah. especially from the the horns and the trumpets it's fiendishly difficult expect the Raiders March to, to be in there somewhere yeah. in these themes. Good luck on those French horns. Oh, you know that, That's pretty tricky, that mm. bit. Yeah. That recording, I think, introduced me to the idea that musicians of this calibre could make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Take 26. Let's move on. Yeah, pretty much. More of the same later in Cloud City. We get this low ostinato with various melis on top. Sometimes it's the Han and Leia theme. Sometimes we get Yoda's theme. Mm. 
you know, just that combination of cueing particular characters or, or emotions, but the underlying relentlessness of the rhythm is telling mm. him that, you know, there is a pursuit in focus. And you know, here's another example, you know, where, where it's Yoda's theme this time. And I guess like this film's pretty much like a chase film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I always feel like finish. they're 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 on the move or running away from something. Yeah, yeah. for the entire time, really. It's like yeah. the Last Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey. just, just a chase film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, there is one little setting in the film that we haven't checked out a huge amount. And that, of course, is Lando's Palace. The, the musical Cloud of City. which we were about to get right as that, I know. that cue uh, left off. And, of course, uh, Lando's Palace gets itself a quite a quirky little, um, I guess it's almost like a little fanfare um, that I imagine is playing on the speakers around the place mm. just the entire mm. time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and to me, like, there's a regalness to it. Yeah, you know, he always, I'm the administrator of this facility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he kind of has that little cape. Yeah, which we learn in Solo, he has like a gazillion yeah. of in his cupboard. Yeah, um, and the melody also, it's like yeah, like a sort of a string fanfare or string and horn fanfare, very kind of Elgar, mm. you know, Edward Elgar, mm. slightly English style as well. Welcome yeah. to Cloud City, where all your dreams can yeah. come true, <laughs> yeah. Daniel. Do you, do you know what I, I think of? Just listen to it there. Do you know in The Wizard of Oz, where mm. the lion does that bit where he puts the cape on and sort of pretends he's a king? Oh, I yeah. was king of the forest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And he kind of like he kind of like puffs out his chest and walks around like yeah, he kind of yeah, owns yeah. a place. It's almost that kind of light, quasi mm. light, light king music. Yeah, or a coronation music almost. Yeah. It sort of feels like a theme park. Yeah, or I was thinking like a 1950s ad. You know how they used to do ads during the show, like during a variety show. Oh, It'd sure. be like, and now a word from our sponsors. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> have you tried this hand cream? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like you know it could sort of sit under that quite nicely. But I mean, you know, y- your comment about it effectively being diegetic music is worth remarking on because as far as I can think, this is the only saga film, at least. Actually, it's probably the only Star Wars film full stop that doesn't have diegetic music. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Actually, this came up when we were planning our live show, which is actually this week. Um, Nick, you're conducting. Do you know that? Are you ready? Oh, damn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That 
Um, we we like to have a cantina band in the in the bar out the front, and I try to get them to play um, cantina style music, but using obviously stuff from the mm. you know diegetic music from within the film, cantina music, etc. This is the only one where I'm like, well, there's no cantina bands or diegetic music in this. Mm. And I have, I mean, we'll see if they'll learn it in time, but I did suggest to them maybe you'd learn stuff from from Cloud City, from Bespin. And um, maybe that's yeah. your cantina yeah, yeah. music. Yeah, you know, that, maybe. Just like little Benny Goodman versions of, you know, <laughs> like... Anyway, I think there's... We all hear it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds anyway. like we're at the circus or something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it's an interesting sort of little idea, isn't it? Yeah. And I love the way that it plays in that little sequence at the end that we just heard almost, where, you know, as his last act as the administrator of this facility, Lando announces. Hello, everybody. Like, you know, the space fascists are here. <laughs> Maybe go, you know. And <laughs> Over the loudspeaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice little gesture because it is a heroic thing for him to do to sort of abandon pretense of, of collaboration, uh, to use that word, I suppose, mm-hmm. while we're on the Nazi theme. Uh, and, do, you think, do you think also yeah. the theme's a little, f- like Lando sometimes feels a little fake. Yeah. And I know Leia is always unsure of him. Do you mm. think the theme is sort of trying to almost too much give yeah. off yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the vibe it's, that it's actually isn't true? It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's over-sincere. Yeah, and, and, and you know, for that reason, it's telling that it doesn't reappear in Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, when he is genuinely a hero. Yeah. Yeah. No, very interesting. Mm. Um, before we even get to... Lando's place. Um, we get this great little moment of the Falcon flying into Cloud City, and again, it's one of these moments that Williams just pulls out this really kind of unusual soaring string theme. It's sort of I very really s- love this one. Yeah, this is a really unsung, you know, hero of of this score. Actually, it's a really beautiful mm. little moment. Yeah, and we actually get about four or five bars of some female chorus um, towards the end. But uh, check it out; it's really, really unusual. It's actually this theme that Williams tells us that Cloud City is a little bit dangerous. Yeah, you know, it, absolutely right. It's sort of, it's not quite a, a Middle Eastern thing, but just the opening statement, um, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, it sort of feels like, okay, this is exotic, if mm. nothing else. And I feel that the when the chorus comes in, especially this feels like the biggest siren, you know, almost like that classic it's seductive seduction that you know, come to us, won't you? Hmm. You know, this is where you're safe here, hmm. um, but it's in a, like a very dangerous way. Hmm. And then, of course, when 
when the you know the, the theme ride music comes on yeah, of yeah, the yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. the little fanfare, yeah. then it's such a juxtaposition between those two ideas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Williams really telegraphs the idea that yeah. no, that this is not safe. This that, place. That yeah. little at the end, the brass. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Is that prefiguring? Like or, the empire, yeah. Like, or is that Boba Fett's little da 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 da? Like similar, like rhythmic. Look, Boba Fett has like a six tuplet. Who knows? It's the two chords of um, <laughs> it's the two chords of Darth Vader. Though, uh, not quite. Not quite. They're just sort of two minor chords. Yeah, place together. Mm. I mean, look, it certainly has an element of danger mm. about it, mm. you know. And the undercurrent sort of of the harmony there is this really. Sort of minory thing with yeah. like a, I mean, you kind of got like B flat minor with C's on it. So you know, if I play this at a root position chord, except it kind of puts it in a weird inversion. Mm. So it's yeah. very unusual. Yeah. yeah, it feels like it doesn't really have a solid musical home. Yeah. No, yeah. in the same way that the Cloud City doesn't have a solid. Bass, yes, it's floating. Best yeah. is a gas giant. I remember yes. during this live in concert when we were rehearsing this section, we stopped and like half the string section all kind of muttered under their breath, "Oh, Sibelius, Sibelius." Oh. So I'm wondering if there's a actually I can't think of a specific reference from maybe a Sibelius symphony yeah. or that's I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, I I'm, I'm quite a Sibelius fan, but that doesn't it ring, does a bell ring any for me. bells. No. Sounds Sibelius-ish. Mm. Mm. Fans, if you recognise yeah. this from anything Sibelius-ish, uh, I'd lo- lo- love to hear. We're it. really farming out a lot of the work. Yeah, we are. Those. We're really, really dropping. Oh, look, we've the come ninety percent. They're gonna come. You know, it's like the first kiss on the first day. You guys, you're gonna come ninety percent. What? And then the other person comes ten. Yeah. Oh, my God. I learned that from one of those rom coms. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll blame, we'll blame your filmic education. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on, shall we? Now, uh, we thought we would finish uh, off this episode with looking mm. at some sort of, you know, set pieces and, and weird little ideas mm. that happen in this. Now, I'm going to get my dumb one over first, okay, <laughs> because I know you guys have some cool ones. And I wanted to look at a couple of little moments in the what Williams calls the magic tree. And I, I've, I didn't even realise he was going mm. into a tree. I always thought it was like a cave or something. Yeah. You know, who knows what it was. But it's, it's when he's on Dagobah and Yoda has sort of sent him in to you know, go and face his fears. And, of course, Vader turns up out of nowhere and he chops his head off, which is quite brutal really. Mm. And then his face is in there and it's all very confusing and shocking and, and so on. Like in episode eight. Yeah. And there's another Looks cave scene, you know. It thinks she's seeing her parents, in fact, sees her own face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of mirrors going on here. Anyway, um, would it surprise you to learn, guys, that we're talking about Sibelius and, and things that, that Williams have potentially quoted. Let me see if you guys can guess what musical he totally rips off okay. at the start of The Magic Tree Q. <laughs> I just met a girl named Maria. Oh, Yoda. I just met a Jedi named Yoda. And wow. suddenly I. <laughs> 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 so 
So what do you reckon? Yeah, look, I'll pay, I mean, insofar as from West Side Story, uh, you know, somewhere, uh, uh, somewhere is a ripoff of Beethoven. So, you know, <laughs> you know, there's a place for us is, you know, um, the, is it, um, dun, 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 the, you know, anyway, piano, concerto. Oh, I, can't, I can't think of it off the top of yeah. my head. I'm sure you're right. Dan. Look, look, I'm, I'm right. Yeah, of no, course. I just right. I just can't remember the name of the piece. You you may have noticed that I I, I quickly got off that because it does <laughs> grow into another theme. And and the reason why this even happened was because I was listening to the the soundtrack and started this this track up and mm. it went da 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 and then someone stopped me and I pressed pause mm. and all I could hear was that, anyway. Let me let me actually finish this up. The Simpsons, yeah. So it does, it does keep going mm. on from there. It doesn't mm. keep on doing Maria. <laughs> anyway, um, I just thought that was cool. Now, of course, um, uh, throughout this score, there, you know, we've got plenty of orchestra, mm. but there is also, in I guess classic Williams fashion, it turns out, though I never think of him in mm. this way, mm. there's a whole bunch of th- synthesizer that occurs throughout this score. Mm. And uh, there are lots of moments where it actually happens. I think we actually had some um, examples from you, Nick, um, earlier, but I think mm. in part one. But there is throughout, once again, this magic tree cue, these uh, synth moments that um, are sort of definitely there. And, you know, I think you don't really notice them because in this particular, uh, you know, moment in a film, Darth Vader comes out of nowhere. There's a lot of sort of bombastic playing going on mm. and, and confusion and you don't necessarily hear it, but you get this big artificial synth over the top. And I believe, Dan, you sort of looked up on um, our friends at JW Fan yeah, and uh, discovered that they had already worked it out to be well, an ARP. I mean, yeah, one of them was, was suggesting that it was an ARP uh, 2600, I think. Yeah. But yeah. So very old, um, early 1980s or late 1970s synthesizer mm. um, over the top of this. And um, let's see if you can you can pick this one out. Before we get too confused with uh, more orchestral playing, you can hear that sort of synthy. Yeah, I've never noticed that before. Mm. Yeah, it becomes quite aggressive after that as well. Oh, really? Yeah, it does. Should I keep playing? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that wailing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Ghostbusters are coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, it's it's you know an interesting idea that when you're in this very strange other world, really, it's mm. almost like he, he changes into another reality inside this tree. Mm. Uh, this scene always freaked well, me out as a kid. Yeah, it did. It's it's, it's quite disturbing, you know. It, really, also one of the up until the last Jedi, which is covered in it, but one of the very few scenes in Star Wars that is in slow motion. Oh, we're right, sure. Mm. Yeah, mm, it is too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you know the the I guess the artificial moment, mm. the, the slow motion, yeah. Yeah. Um, the artificialness of what's really going on because mm. it's not like he's actually meeting anything to do with Darth sure. Vader. Mm. Um, that you get the you know the synthesizer, the mm. unnatural sounds over mm. the top. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it surprises me how much John Williams uses synthesizer, mm. especially in these you know in the eighties. It's yeah. it's really you know. I just surprised every time. Mm. Anyway, uh, let, let, let's move past the the uh, Maria um, and West Side Story. In, <laughs> oh, look, in I, I Star love Wars. that. That's extremely <laughs> silly and totally, totally on board with it. Where are we moving next? Well, I'm going to posit that the next bit of music I'm going to play is probably John Williams' best standalone action set piece cue ever. Whoa! Which wow. a big call, but it's it's huge character building. It's just Fantastic writing, and I'm talking, of course, about the asteroid field sequence in this film. Yep. And there's a couple of components of it, and it's, it's great the way it kind of builds. It starts with this sort of really angular Prokofiev-style string riff, mm. and, and the violin players love it, but I'll, I'll play what I'm talking about. It's so good. It's so good. And, you know, even in the movie, when that music comes on, it's really like it that the, the film ticks over into another section, you know? The, the yeah. scene is playing out where it's Han and Chewie down in the guts of the Falcon sort of trying to figure things out and suddenly they hear the clunk of an asteroid on the Falcon yep. and the, that cue ticks in the moment you hear the clunk and it's like, ooh, we're onto something new now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after we've just had a massive 10, 15, 20 minute long kind of sequence of, you know, stuff on this big battle on the ice in Hoth. Mm. You know, you think, oh, it's time for a breather. We're going to go to Dagobah. But no, like they kick in straight into a brand new, mm-hmm. like the chase continues. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why this film is so wonderful. There's no chance to catch your breath. It just, mm. you know, I know for the orchestra when we do this live, they were like, oh, Oh, that snow sequence is over. You know, yeah. thirty seconds break, and then boom into the asteroid field, which is <laughs> yeah. frighteningly difficult to play. But really, this is all this is all a tease. The stuff we're getting here, because what we it's all building to is this great kind of brass theme that comes out, and it's so great that John Powell even quoted it in in Solo, in solo uh, yeah. almost yeah. verbatim. So I'll, I'll play a bit of it, and I've kind of done a bit of a mashup where it goes into Solo, and then we'll go back out into into the Empire Strikes Back, and you'll hear how apart from the, the change in sound quality, how, how seamless it really feels.
so good. I mean, it really sounds with um with Pal's one yeah. that you know the orchestra is like three times as big yeah. and the mics are just <laughs> slightly further away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it sort of got, both gets smaller and bigger all at the same time. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. With mm-hmm. modern mixing as well, yeah. it's like yeah, gated yeah. and everything, you know. Mm. But yeah, like I, it's such an incredibly beautiful theme. I'm so torn in that part of me is grateful that it got used again in mm. another film because it's such incredible music it's such a pity that it's it's just kind of it's just in this one scene you know whatever yeah. but at the same time i'm also like oh i really want to preserve the kind of sanctity of the singularness of the performance of, of, of empire yeah, yeah 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 i mean i'm, I'm a i was a, a fan of solo and a, an even bigger fan of of the score because i really think it is Mm. It deserves yeah. a lot more accolades Me than it's, it has got. Um, but I have to admit, and there are some some friends who absolutely disagree. They almost, you know, you know, choked up when when that that theme came mm. in. Um, but I, there, yeah, I'm almost on on the same page as you, Dan. In that, I, I was just like, ah. Yeah, I just want that to be that moment. I mm. want it to be the moment in the asteroid field with the with the Empire and so on, and that that mm. was a, you know, a unique chase with its own unique theme. And weirdly, mm. when Tie Fighter attacks, mm. you know, comes back in is the it, Last Jedi, in Last Jedi yeah. as well, and mm. Solo. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, when it happens in in Last Jedi, I loved it. Mm. I was like, mm. "This is awesome!" You know, this feels mm. great. But it's weird how you can sort of have different oh, emotional yeah. connections. I wonder also because there. it was reused in Return of the Jedi, yeah. so it yeah. always got kind of come back in a similar, yeah. you know, action sequence. Yeah. yeah. But look, this 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 asteroid sequence is so great because it's you know really is character building. Han, it's really a show off version of his skills. Yeah. Done by the orchestra. Sure. You know, there it's quite difficult music. There's wide leaps. It's really broad it's heroic and it's really that's what Han's doing he's doing a dangerous thing which is difficult but he's doing it with style and, yeah. and flamboyance yeah. it's I mean, such an unusual melody as well like the leaps yeah the, and even like the harmonies and then he changes keys You know, really wide changing chords and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, even to illustrate that, I mean, I always feel like the end of the, the first one before it changes keys, just the the last two notes, it's almost like he doesn't really know where to place them. They're not anywhere near as strong as the rest of the melody. It's yeah. sort of just because, and I, you know, I think that is a... Just gathering another breath. Yeah. But we'll it, just hang here for a while yeah. and then we'll go for a new, few more crazy leaps. Yeah, but I think it's also a symptom of the fact that it it is moved so far from where it began, even mm. in that original, you know, first statement of the melody that it's sort of like, I don't know where to put these notes. Okay, let's just move into another key. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I really find those last couple of chords... Um, there again, there are tritone apart, which we've discussed lots with Williams and especially with Star Wars music. And it's very endemic of space music. Um, like we look at the one of my favorite sections of A New Hope, the first film, is when the at the very end of that opening sequence where the droids blast off down to Tatooine mm. and we get the same two chords, this sort of um, F major and B. Yes. You know, I'll, I'll play it for you here. 
you know. And then a few years later, take James Horner's music for Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. Different kind of mood, but exactly the same chords. F major going into B major, really alternating on this tritone. the end of that it could be the asteroid field <laughs> you know it's really to, to me it's just it's the sound of space goldsmith does it in his scores yeah and that really mm. i mean that that is almost like so many horner scores yeah <laughs> yeah this sort of yeah tritone Polychords. Even that, that starting, you know, little motif, I guess, before they get into the main melody of that. I mean, it's it's just, it's so visual. It's like, you know, swerve, 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 we made it. A swerve, yeah. swerve, yeah. swerve, yeah. you know, like it's it's just such, you know, iconic and visual storytelling, you know, audio storytelling. Mm. Um that yeah, I I don't know. It's it really is one of the best moments really yeah. in the in the film. Yeah. Um and so early on. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, it's also like I think, you know, John Williams recognized this in the fact that the asteroid field is one of the few pieces that's not like a main melody that has been performed in concert suites for sure. many years as well yeah. Out, yeah. outside of the film yeah now of course nick you you cut it off right before we had a full plane of han and leia's theme and you get that great little orchestral moment where it it sort of rises up through a quick scale and then right you know and then falls back down oh, is that the when scale. they do the loop to loop yeah when they do the loop mm. which i love yeah. I'll, I'll play yeah. the little music but musical bit you mean yeah, 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 yeah it yeah. really has this beautiful little woodwind yeah. flourish as the falcon goes up and then comes down And the music there to just remind us they're definitely not safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Did you think that they were yeah, safe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's actually oh. a, a rare case in a Williams cue where, like, he almost does like a pop song fade out. It's just that yeah. th- those those bars like repeat like six, seven, yeah, or eight times. Do do boom. They just get quieter and quieter and quieter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Vamp and fade. Uh, shall we move on to another great moment? And of course, it's it's right at the top of the film, mm. and we have touched on it a few times over the course of these couple episodes. And that, of course, is the Battle of Hoth <laughs> where there is all sorts of action sequences and little bits and cool moments for... Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask, how do you pronounce 
the the four legged uh, vehicle on Hoth. Tonton. No. AT AT Walker. Yeah. Oh that. You. Oh AT AT and T Walker. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know a lot of people who call them Atats. No. Really? No, they're right. I just think of the American cell phone provider, AT and T. Yeah. No. AT and T Walkers. I have always said AT AT. Yeah. And so, well, like a large number of friends and family say Atats. But they're it's like all, a military designation. Yeah, all-terrain armoured transports. They're yeah. not, you know. Yeah, Atats. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Wait a minute, AT-AT. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> sh- shall we check out some of the Battle of Hoth? Yes. Uh, this starts with a great little kind of aggressive piano figure, which tragically was cut from the film. But once it kind of kicks in with trumpets and stuff, we get this really... Groovy melody for horns and, and really high tuba, then the trumpets take it. And it's almost like John Williams jazz, but done through sort of aggressive atonal action music. Mm. <laughs> I, I really, yeah. But I think, sing it for us, Dan. Daniel. <laughs> what? It's, it's, it's very I'm good job. very impressed. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, he's not going to come close. Can to you do that for real? We'll do it later. And I want to make it my ringtone. That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, it's, it is a really unusual but cool melody at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like the the baddies get baddies with a bit of swagger. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's in. it's sort of obvious a tuba and and yeah. big big vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know uh, as well the indistinctness of the sound of the tuba. You know, it doesn't a tuba by the nature of its instrument doesn't have a very fast attack to its sound. It's a yes. sort of flubby instrument in, in its sound, literally, which is why I think a lot of people use it for, for that kind of larger music. But, um, you know, it adds, I think, to the texture of the battle as sort of being a bit indistinct, a bit chaotic, and that you get this melody that's quite agile played on not a very agile instrument. Yeah, yeah. I, And I also, I, I really could be wrong here, but I'm remembering this scene as a lot of the special effects and stuff that's happening are relatively high and there's lots of high laser blasts. Mm. And, well, it's know. also the first Star Wars um, battle in an atmosphere. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Which we didn't see in the previous film. Yeah. yeah. I was also thinking, that, you know, I mean, this is yet more evidence that, that this film makes tremendous use of percussion to signify sort of villainy, um, you know, with yeah. the snare and the cymbals and um, bass drum all kind of united, which is unusual. Usual. I mean, mm. it's an old-fashioned effect, really. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very military, mm. really. Yeah. You know, you're thinking marching bands and mm. that sort of idea of armies 
Mm. Um, and you know the the rebellion is never really presented as an organized army. Mm. It's you know it's rebels. It's mm. it's you know they could be farmers. Yeah, like Luke. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's just such a different different mm. feel for all of it. Yeah, and piano as well plays a really prominent role in this cue, yeah. which mm. it really doesn't in a lot of other Star Wars action cues. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm. Certainly feels like older uh, John Williams action music, like you said. It sort mm. of doesn't feel like Harry Potter action music yeah. or, or other yeah. things in more modern settings. So. Yeah, it's very it's a bit true. more brutal and guttural. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's a couple other little motivic things which, again, just like crop up here and there, not much else, which are really interesting. There's this, again, going on from the military aspect later on Bespin when Boba Fett is sort of, you know, lurking around and we've, we've, we've had Han frozen and um, there's just this sort of almost funereal yeah. style um, procession kind of music, I guess yeah. you'd call it, where they're wheeling Han down the corridors mm. very slowly um, mm. on, on the way to, to Boba Fett's ship. And it's um, an interesting little figure. set of chords that is yes yeah, super jazzy isn't it he's such a yeah. jazz guy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i love uh, it maybe that's why i love him so much yeah yeah i mean can it can you play those Do you, on your piano nick or, i can Almost like that Imperial March harmony at the end there, isn't it? Yeah, 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 totally. yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's but, very, very dissonant. And I mean, yeah, cool. Some of those chords feel like you could just kind of sit on the piano and approximate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but they all work so beautifully yeah. together in context. Yeah. I mean, that's some advanced harmony. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, do yeah. the bebop. <laughs> the name's Darth Vader. Wee. I love that it's your bebop. It's always yeah. swing. It's always you know piano bar swing. Oh, I, uh, we air. learned about bebop recently from you. Yes. Yeah, How dare yeah, I? Yeah, 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 I know, right? I need to double the tempo yeah. <laughs> and add more notes. Ah, <laughs> uh, very cool. Mm. But that, I mean, really, like I, I guess for me, that that cue begins the whole end of the movie, which is with the exception of a few sequences with very little dialogue. And, True. And to me, I mean, I think we discussed this in the Back to the Future um, episode where we were talking about how incredible Back to the Future's finale music is. Mm. Then there's also E.T., which we haven't done. I suspect we may get there eventually. Yep. Um, 
has one of the great musical climaxes of all time. But I would also put from this cue onwards, really, yeah. as as a single suite. It's of, very operatic too. Yeah. Mm, it's of, really fantastic. Of just incredible music. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we've already spoken about with the ostinatos and it's just such good musical storytelling because it keeps the rhythm up, it keeps the um, momentum that the film has generated because this is the climax of the chase while still having all the melodies and, you know, characters juxtaposed over the top in different settings and unusual sort of performances. It's just brilliant, I think. Yeah. And he manages to put in, like, awesome little brass fanfares like this where he just takes a moment. Then we're off and away. But like, yeah. what a setup to like, yeah. like there's no tension from pedal. The tension is from just this sort of chaotic brass melange of, of yeah. it's like they're all kind of going off in different directions. And then mm. yum, romantic melody. Mm. Oh, all right, then mm. we're off. And, it's, and, and yeah. remind me, what's the moment when that fanfare happens? They're kind of running through corridors on their way to the the outside platform, and then I think the doors open. Does R two D two get the doors open? Maybe yeah, that's yeah. the moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, that's yep. right. And uh, then and then as well, it's the kind of kind of moment of peace in chaos where R two you know throws all the smoke so they can't be shot at. Oh yes. Yep. And so it kind of acts as a little bit of a bubble, which is where the music is free to then be full romance rather than suspense. Yeah. And I really, I mean, to me, this is the Empire Strikes Back equivalent of what is a very similar fanfare in A New Hope. Mm. So I wonder if there's one in Return of the Jedi. Mm. Yeah, just, you know, Williams just takes a few bars and has some fun. Yeah. I mean, to end things, it's got some great end credits music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, the end credits suite from Empire is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Beginning with before even the, the main fanfare as we have in all Star Wars films, you know, the wonderful sort of sweet string music that we get as we see Luke and Leia on the medical frigate preparing to farewell Lando and Chewie as they go to look for Han. Mm. And look, I think compared to the other films, it's a much more bittersweet ending. Yeah. You, you, you're getting performances of, you know, solemn versions of the Force, Han and Leia. It's a really yearning kind mm. of ending. Whereas, mm. you know, New Hope has the whole march down the medal ceremony. Yep. Return of the Jedi has the big Ewok celebration. Yep. Mm. I mean, the closest thing I feel to this is maybe the end of Attack of the Clones where mm. you get that kind of, you know, across the stars romance kind of melody. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And it just feels a bit pained and tortured and like, mm. Mm, not sure how well this will end. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, like I suppose that's the other thing about the film itself. I mean, I was saying at the start of our first episode on this is that it kind of instituted the Star Wars brand as a franchise. I mean, it, it's such a barefaced cliffhanger that there couldn't possibly be a universe where there's not a third Star Wars film. Uh, and so, you know, this music is kind of 
also playing the job of resolving that question in the audience's mind of sort of like, yes, it's okay, there'll be another one and we'll explain it. And no, this is not, you know, ripping you off. Or, you know, we, yeah, there's yeah, genuine yeah. emotional things, emotional stakes here. Well, I think a good place to end is to just play the end of this end credits because to me it has the best ending out of yeah. all the Star mm. Wars films as a credit music. And what's interesting is when Disney bought out Lucasfilm and owned all the rights to the films, with the exception of episode four, the 20th Century Fox logo was was absent, was mm. replaced by a Lucasfilm logo that had actually a kind of a butchered version yeah. of this little fan film about to play from the end of Empire Strikes Back, just as an interesting side note. But yeah, I'll play it here and it's really, it's really whiz-bang ending. And it, and it hints harmonically mm. as you know, in terms of the chords that the Empire has got the upper hand here. You know, it's uh, in oh, those last yeah. little bits, you know, that you hear the last little fragment of Vader's theme just pops its way in. We can't have the full victory. Mm. That's true. I, I just noticed that then. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of in the bass line. Yeah. Goes bom 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 bom. Yeah, huh. so the Vader is there, you know. I always associate that, mm. and apart from anything with uh, the first full trailer for the Phantom Menace, where they they use ah. that right at the end, and they duck it down just to cut in Sidious's line of um, "wipe them out, all yes. of them," and then <laughs> boom, and that's how that ended, and that's when I was still hopeful about the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> that's the time before Dan's heart was broken. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry to all the prequel fans. He I know never you exist. learned to love again. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's such a clever little, mm. you know, the fact that Williams doesn't even allow himself or the audience to just have the full, you know, the full victory. But mm. he really does, he takes the, the audience on a bit of a journey mm. to allow them to be all right with where it ends. Mm. You know? um, and I think that's that's very clever, though it is questionable how many people really would have stayed in the theatre all the way to that very last thing. I mean, I have always done yeah, that. But, yeah. you know, it's surprising how many people don't stick around for the credit music. For a John Williams film, it's it's a, it's a ritual. You just got to do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Do you know that when we, we do the live versions, there are still people who, less and less these days, but mm. people who get up just mm. as a reflex action mm. and um, and mm. then go, oh, wait a minute, concert's still going and they sit back down again. <laughs> yeah. it's always, it always makes me laugh that it's yeah. so ingrained that, you know, even when you're at a concert, you just yeah. go, you know, forget yourself and you sort of stand up. No, absolutely. Well, some, 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 some actually left um, in the Harry Potter ones. I wanted to stop them and ask, like, why? Yeah. Do you not realize the they're, still, they're still going <laughs> in front of you, live, an orchestra? Did you just pay all this money to see the film? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's on DVD. Yeah. I could loan you a copy. <laughs> anyway, like, the, yeah, the credits are fantastic. Mm. Um, 
I think that that's brought us to the end. You yeah. know, we I'm surprised we managed to keep this into two parts. There's probably going to be some people out there who's like, why wasn't there three parts of this one? This better than yeah, well, one. look, I think they're going to be some substantial two parts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the timing on this. This is, mm. you know, this this could have been three parts. Could if, have been. Yeah, <laughs> if we'd really wanted to. But isn't it a great score? Yeah. It is the, yeah, it is the greatest. I think, look, we asked at the end of the A New Hope episodes, mm-hmm. was that the greatest score ever written? Yes. Um, I can't remember what you guys said. I said... Almost because I preferred this one. Yeah. yeah. And I think it just takes everything that's great about Star Wars and just adds some extra awesome bits. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, I mean, I it, it comes down to that that classic argument of is the original that set all this up mm. and made this possible the best? Or is the thing that that benefited from the previous thing the best because it actually is the best? And mm. it's, you know, that sort of debate. But I, I sort of agree. I think as an overall score, as a, as a you know, there are no weak moments. No. There are no, no, you know, he knows exactly. At this point, John Williams and everyone else knows exactly what Star Wars is. Yeah. They're no longer searching for, oh, maybe this will work. Maybe mm. this will be a thing. You know, mm. maybe we're, we're still temp tracking things and we're yeah. still sort of working it out. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, so sure of itself and, yeah. You know, this really is um, John Williams in this little period here. He is absolutely hitting it out of the park. (laughs) Movie after movie after movie. It's just phenomenal. Absolutely. I think the difference is with the first film, you can hear the temp tracks. Yep. Um, in places. Yes, in places. Yeah. Uh, and But more than that is you can hear that the first Star Wars is kind of reaching for a more classical sound, Yeah, I think. And although I think I said in the Star Wars episode, and I stand by this, that I think Star Wars is the best because it had the widest influence. Sure, yep. Empire is my favourite. Yeah. And I think... I completely agree in that what it does is that it expands that Star Wars sound beyond beyond looking to this older style and makes it its own thing which exists from this point onwards in a very definite musical style. And I think it's pretty I mean how many temp things did we play yeah. in these last couple episodes? I think hardly any. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's saying something for us normally. Yeah, we, yeah, no. we delight we've, in we trying played to, a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, guys, I think that brings us to the end of part two, final part of our analysis of Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. And we really hope you had a good time listening to this this uh, not very short two-parter. <laughs> if you've got this far, we, we thank you and I, hope you I enjoyed I think yourself. my prediction of a 20-minute episode was spot on. Uh, it was close, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? It was close. If you enjoyed yourself, of course, uh, you know, like and subscribe and write us a review. Hit us up on the uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on the email, contact at artofthescore.com.au. Um, get back to us with some of those uh, questions that we posed throughout the, mm. the, uh, this particular episode and we'd, we'd love to hear from you because it will shock you to know, Nick, that I and we do not know everything about everything. <laughs> So if our listeners know some little tidbits here, I actually really love reading it because I learn stuff too. Hmm. Um, So it's always really welcome. But until next time, I'm Andrew Pogson and that's Dan Golding. I think this was impressive. Most (laughs) impressive. (laughs) And he's Nicholas Buck. I know. (laughs) And this was Art of the Score. Swing, one, a two, a one, two, three, four.